Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now are back what is going on you beautiful bastards on patreon this is episode 80 of the dark windows podcast which uh i mean i will say that in quite some time we're wow. we're in double digits we are yeah wow not in triples which it's crazy whew, feels weird i'm like i'm missing something there now it's episode 80 of the patreon pretty soon it'll be double digits yeah we're getting jesus christ we're getting there holy crap we we are we gotta stop doing this i know like the whole thing give it up yep for Lent. Start over. <laughs> Fuck Lent. Why don't you give it up in general? Um, so I did make a promise last week on our regular episode because I was picking on Japan for their war crimes, which is apparently not nice. Who would you, who'd you make this promise to? I made this promise to you, buddy, because you're like, well, yeah, well, yeah, they did stuff, but what about us? I went, well, we'll see. All right. Fine. We'll see. And uh, yeah, we did. But I mean, one of them is really not even a war crime. It's more of a... A war misdemeanor, <laughs> you know. The war misdemeanor, not, not a felony. Like this is you don't get jail time for it, kind of thing. Um, so first of all, again, I'm doing this episode under protest. Whatever, fuck off, you are. I I am. Um, especially when you take into consideration, you know, the things that Germany did. You know, like the Holocaust, which I don't give a fuck what anybody says actually happened. I know there's people out there that are like, well, it might have been made up by Jews. No, the Holocaust fucking happened. And if you don't think it did, you need to, like, pick up a book and stop having sex with your cousin. Like, okay, yeah. Holocaust deniers are all inbred is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Like David Duke. Yeah. Okay. No, I can say with full confidence, retard. Ran for president. Somehow, somehow ran for president. But, uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, Okay, so I'm going to stop you again. mm Mm-hmm. So not only a... <laughs> Time number two. I just saw... I know you don't believe in it, dude. Don't believe in what? But I just saw something go like this. My This room is dusty. I don't buy orbs as fucking paranormal activity. Okay. Okay, orbs? <laughs> just saying. I'm going to tell you right now, this wasn't dust. Okay. It was moving way too fast for dust. Okay. And where the fuck is dust coming? The entire fucking room. Okay, this was... Okay. I only ever seen orbs in, like, a photograph. This wasn't a photograph. I would have said... Oh, I wouldn't have said anything if it was a fucking... uh, A bug. But this was no bug. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll buy the last thing we saw. 
Well, you saw because it was over my shoulder. No, I, well, yeah, it was over there. You know, but it was, this was the same fucking spot. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> it, it was the exact same spot. I was like, it was like kind of like a, a light or something. It kind of was like, like I just saw this thing go. Okay. Down. It was fast. Okay. Um. Or, you know, since we're talking about war crimes, we can also just talk about Japan's entire involvement in World War II and basically every war they've been involved in before that. Um, like the Russo-Japanese War, they did some pretty awful shit. Um, they enslaved Korea. Okay, we're not, okay, we're not <laughs> supposed to be talking about... No, Japanese. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm comparing the two here, okay? Okay. Um, also, special shout-out, we're not going to do anything about these guys yet, to the Brits. You guys have done some awful shit during World War II and stuff. Um, and also our friends to the north in Canada where uh, after you know World War One, after you guys got gassed you had an absolute refusal to take German prisoners after that and killed every single one of them including guys that came up out of trenches with white flags waving and you're like Haha, nice try motherfucker and just killed them all well done but I mean they gassed you guys so they kind of fucking deserved it um, so we're going to start off with uh, Operation Teardrop okay oh also we're going to kind of dodge U.S. war crimes in Vietnam because that's a whole, oh. whole different animal. Uh, oh. Well, no, we're going to dodge it on Patreon because that's like a main timeline episode because that's a couple hours. <laughs> uh, it's main timeline. You know. Um, so some of the shit You that, don't get the side piece. You get the straight on. Some of the shit that we did in, in World War II is child's play compared to the shit that we did in Vietnam or even the dickheads in the Access did during World War you II. You don't get foreplay. You get the full dick. Yeah, you're getting tongue, like, right up your butt with that one. Um, so we're going to start off with Operation Teardrop. Pretty run-of-the-mill sub-hunt operation. Uh, took place from April to May of 1945. Run-of-the-mill, meaning cruising the North Atlantic, chasing kraut U-boats away from the eastern seaboard of the United okay. States. Okay, yeah. Pretty common. We did that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so to really understand, we have to look back at the planning of the whole thing. So, Oscar Mantel. Sound German? Good, because he is. Um, he was a German. <laughs> okay, he thanks. was a, he was a German spy that got picked up after his U-boat got got sank. Um, he was catching a ride into Maine on said U-boat, but he was a German spy. Uh-huh. Sub gets sunk. Um, he gets picked up on the ship that he gets picked up on. Just so happens to have a conversation with a couple of really nice guys from the FBI. Which the FBI existed at this point. It was a thing. It was. Um, this is pre-CIA or else they would have black bagged him and beaten him to death in a broom closet somewhere. Because that's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's the CIA. What else are they going to do? I, um, I mean, because the FBI had existed for... A little bit. Because they started off in yeah, the in like the 30s. 20s, like 30s? Yeah, late 20s, early 30s. Because yeah. they were the G-men. They were out hunting yeah. fucking, you know, gangsters and shit. But they were more so like... The... Um, Almost like the uh, U.S. Marshals. Well, yeah, but they were they worked for the Treasury or whatever. No, you're thinking of the Secret Service, because that's no, no, how no, they no. started off was working for the Treasury Department. No, because that's how because uh, uh, Ness was a G man. Yeah, he was FBI. But he, but he, you know, said he was. So I mean, back then, I think the Treasury Department was basically what Homeland Security is now. Yeah. You know, it was just a different name for it with less bullshit. Um. Mm-hmm. So these guys have a, a very civil conversation with him, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, comes to find out, 
He's got some information about the Kriegsmarines. Uh, the the, the Ger- Kriegsmarine, German Navy. Um, okay. So basically, the German Marine Corps. Okay. Because they only fought. They they weren't like our guys and the Marines were like, we're going to send you guys to Southeast Asia and you can fucking kill anything you want. These were dudes that were basically infantry that were attached to ships. Oh, so that okay. they could go in off, you know, they'd go in off smaller boats and go assault inwards and stuff like that. Essentially what the Marines right. were. Right. But <laughs> when they first started. Exactly. Not what they turned into just crayon, crayon eating, eating fucking devil dogs, you know. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> killing Germans with with shotguns and trenches and shit during World War Two, you know World shotguns War One. Shotguns and trenches, they killed them in World with, War One. Yeah, with trenches. Shotguns in trenches. Oh yes, <laughs> I thought um, you said tr- shotguns and trenches. I'm like, wow. Yeah, they were. They killed yeah. them with yeah. trenches. They're the fucking <laughs> Marines, dude. What else are they gonna do? They picked up the trench and were like, yep. die, motherfucker. Picked up the tre- trench and just shook them all out and beat them to death with <laughs> yep. shovels. Um, so they have all these. All these different U-boats that have been equipped with V-1 flying bombs. For those unfamiliar with what that is, it's basically the grandfather of the modern-day cruise missile. Um, maybe better known by its other name that the Brits knew it by, the buzz bomb. Because they could fire them from France over the channel and hit England. Mm. Um, had a range of about 180 miles, and they delivered nearly a 2,000-pound explosive payload. Uh, conventional explosive, obviously, because the Germans never got far enough to make a nuke. Um, they were close. They were close, but we were closer. <laughs> well, we became closer because of their people. No, we became closer because of Oppenheimer, who may have been German, but he was our German from the get-go. But it was because of also because of scientists that were German that we smuggled over here. That wasn't until after the war. Paperclip was after the war. And we ended the war with nuclear weapons. I'm not going to say that there wasn't people that we brought There probably was, but when people think German scientists that we brought here for rockets and shit, it's Von Braun. Um, And he's just, he was a NASA dude. Well, I wasn't thinking just him. I was thinking others that were kind of left. And then, because remember, Europe was done before Asia. Yeah. And we didn't drop the bombs on Asia until after. Yeah, but Operation Paperclip wasn't until like 46, 47. So it was still after the war. Yeah, I know. Because we, we, we got saying. a lot of those dudes out of being fucking hung because they were smart. I know. I yeah. know. I get what you're saying, but I'm saying that there was just still some guys that had left Germany previous. Yeah, it would have been by a while. That would have been like when the war first started, probably. <clears throat> like most of the Jewish scientists that were like, fuck that. We're out of here. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, so, I, uh, yeah, Eisenhower, uh, not a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, Einstein, that one really smart guy with the mustache with the pictures of him sticking his tongue out and stuff. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Einstein. <laughs> he, he left good, but he was like, you know, the, because yeah, he, he saw the fucking swastikas on the wall already. He's like, mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Fuck that, man. I've got a cousin to marry. Not wrong. His wife, I believe his wife was his second cousin. No. You sure? Yeah. You sure about that? I'm pretty damn sure. Okay. Because actually his first wife was... God dang, I think it was... Because uh, he's a 
Jew. Yes, we've established and, that. Yeah, they, that's against the thing. No, he got a set up marriage, but um, he was involved with someone that was a scientist or whatever. But like, yeah, his, his wife wasn't related to him. Einstein was married twice, first to his former student and then to his cousin Elsa. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he married his cousin. Well, the first time was the one that I was thinking of was his former. That's student. the one we're gonna we're gonna roll with because nobody wants to talk about marrying your cousin. Sure. And Edgar Allan Poe did the same thing, but he also had a weird head. So, um, so these these V twos on U boats, yeah, U bits, on U boats are about to be a big fucking problem for the East Coast. Something has to be done here. So, over the course of a few months, some pictures from Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Force have been taken. You know, in secret, obviously, of bases in Norway and in Sweden of U-boats with these odd-looking attachments on the outside of them. Folks of the 10th Fleet weren't so sure of what was going on, so they start planning. Turns out that these apparatus that are on these Mm -hmm. were metal framing that were used to load torpedoes. It was just a different system than ours, so it looked weird because they would load them... Um, not not vertical, but they were kind of like angled. Yeah. So they would they they lay them on a cart and then they tip it up so they're facing up and they would wheel them out to the shore that way. Okay. So the way it like the angles of the pictures and stuff, it looks like these things are being mounted on an angle to fire off the top of a fucking U boat, hmm. which is a crazy idea because the idea the the concept of a submarine is to be sleek and stealthy and be able to move through the water with not a lot of drag. Yeah. So if you jam a bunch of cocks on the top of it and then try to swim, it's not going to go that good. Not really. You know? So we just start getting ready. So early November of 1944, U.S. ships and subs start sweeping an area of around 250 square miles around New York City. When then-Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia, guess where he's from? Um, Uh, (laughs) Definitely. Definitely he's from... Uh, He's a Manhattan guy. South Philly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they named an airport after him. So ah. um, so he made a public announcement that a German attack on the city is on the horizon. So he gets New York City whipped up in a fucking frenzy. Like, oh, shit, we got to do something. So obviously to calm people down, the patrols start to double. Like we're sending more ships and staying, you know, because yeah. apparently New York's important. Who gives a fuck? Um, well, that time it was. Yeah. Somewhere. Now it's just full of disappointing sports teams. You guys should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. Holy shit. Especially Mets fans. If you guys haven't started killing yourselves yet, I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, man. Pete, Pete Alonzo took one right in the fucking mouth in that game. Running out for a fly ball. He slides. He's looking up at him. They hits him right in the face. Like, that's the that sums up your season pretty well, especially after you just traded off everybody you went after the fucking offseason. You dummies. Anyway. Um, so, basically, this got broken up into two what they referred to as barrier force actions. Um, the first of which saw the fleet take, you know, kind of take into open waters and chase U-boats off. You know, they end up going out into out, out towards, like, the Azores. So they made some fucking distance because the Azores are off the coast of Portugal. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a haul from New York. So they were chasing these guys quite a ways. Um, Not a lot happens there. The second barrier force action, this is when it starts to get spicy. They had their first encounter with a U-boat April 23rd when a German aircraft spotted the Bogue, which is one of the ships. Um, It dropped depth charges 
um, didn't cause any severe damage to any of the subs or anything like that. Um, the following day, U-546 spotted a U.S. Air, uh, a U.S. craft called Core. Um, and as it moved in to attack Core, it crosses the barrier. And a sub, one of our U.S. subs starts to pick it up on radar. They're calling in saying, hey, we got movement. I uh, don't know if you guys have seen anything yet. And as that call is going through, U-546 fires a bunch of uh, torpedoes. They hit the USS Frederick C. Davis. Uh, they hit that thing like right in the mouth, right up in the fucking engine room. Uh, five minutes later, it sinks to the bottom of the ocean, taking 126 of the 192 crew with it. That's a pretty big loss. Wow. Yeah, uh, that sure is. For the next 10 hours, the fleet hunted for U-546 until the USS Flaherty fucked it up pretty good with a salvo of hedgehogs. And no, they weren't shooting small marsupials yeah, yeah. at it. Um, I had no idea what the fuck these things were, so I had to look them up. They're actually kind of cool. Hedgehogs are an underwater mortar, which the British came up with. Um, I don't know how the fuck they work, but they're cool looking. So it basically looks like a series of little uh, mortar tubes off the front of it, and they just kind of like plunk, 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 plunk. It's almost like tiny depth charges. Pretty, pretty fucking neat. Um, so they end up sinking this motherfucker. Um, the sub commander and 32 men are all that, su- that survive off of U-546. They're captured and they're brought on onto the Bogue. Um, before they're interrogated, they're given clean, dry clothes and blankets and meals. Then they're interrogated. Um, the problem where this kind of becomes a war crime <laughs> is, uh, when they were bringing them to um, the lower decks of the Bogue to interrogate them, they ran into a bunch of the guys that survived the Davis. And they're like, hey, let us take them to their room. And they beat seven shades of shit out of these guys. So that's essentially considered the war crime here, is that prisoners got beat up. By guys that they just tried to fucking kill. That's not a war crime. That's not a war crime. Again, that's a war misdemeanor. That's... <laughs> you don't even call the fucking cops for that. That's just an um, ass beating. Yeah, so... Some fucking German guys got beat up. Boo-hoo. Who gives a fuck? That's not a war crime. Um, now, this one is definitely a war crime. Okay. Um, but we, we traded. It was back and forth, okay? So, Operation Watch on the Rhine, as the Germans called it, or as... We would have called it the Battle of the Bulge. Um, bad times to be a good guy. I liked ours better. Yeah. Watch on the Rhine. Get fucked, you dumb shits. You prissy uh, bastards. So this was, if you don't know, if you've never watched Band of Brothers or picked up a history book, this is essentially Germany's like last offensive of the war. Um, and it was a fucking doozy. Uh, so you're, you're fighting in the Ardennes Forest at the beginning of December. May sound like a good idea, but it's not. That'd be like fighting here in January. It's cold, wet, miserable, not a good time. Um, so we're not going to go too far in depth here because uh, the Battle of the Bulge will have to be its own episode, I think, because it's right up our alley. We both like yeah, that yeah. shit. Um, I actually wrote a paper uh, for college on a little bit on that. 
and there was actually more to it than I thought. Oh yeah, it was it I was something know, else. I didn't know uh, the players in it. So we're going to talk about the German war crime first because we have to. So, Kampfgruppen Piper, which was led by SS Obstromfuhrer Joachim Piper, was basically the main force during the fighting, with the very tip of that spear being the 6th SS Panzer Army, headed up by Sepp Dietrich. Um, Knowing full well that they are on the tail end of their supplies, they're running low on shit, they need to get this over with, Dietrich kind of just puts the pedal to the metal here and he runs right through the American resistance. Um, So after penetrating deep into the U.S. lines, December 17th, 1944, SS troops capture 120 members of the 285th Field Artillery Battalion. Because the Germans were nothing but efficient during World War II, Dietrich is not about to waste his supplies on POWs. So he orders all of these men executed. Of the 120 that were captured, 84 were killed. The other ones escaped into the woods. That's not a good, not a good fucking ratio. That's bad. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Cause Dietrich and Piper both tried for murder after the war. Uh-huh. Like war criminals should be. Yeah. Even better news. Them and the other 32 men that were charged for this were being put up for execution. Fuck yeah, win for the good guys. Until we find out that um, their executions were stayed. They were released. So, even better news. Um, In a really unfortunate accident, um, Piper would die in 1976 of smoke inhalation inhalation, when, quote, unknown arsonist burned his house down in eastern France. Uh Um, I'm assuming, call me crazy. They may have been Mossad. <laughs> uh, Mossad didn't exist. No, but the secret Israeli intel- like defense force did in the 70s. Yeah, Mossad definitely existed in the 70s. Oh, yeah, 70s, yeah. Yeah, yeah and this is when they were hunting fucking Nazi war criminals across the globe like dogs. <laughs> Making them have unfortunate accidents and shit. Mm. Like when Mangala drowned. I wonder how that happened. Hmm. His I mean, fucking he he had his mouth open when he was swimming and his buck teeth dragged him to the bottom of the bottom of the pool. Either that or an Israeli guy just sat on his back and held him there. You know. Cause he drowned in the fucking bathtub. Like what are you fucking eight months old? Get out of here. No. You, you had help. Um so just for good measure, I gotta pick up here. Um Well, we kind of uh we, we returned the favor a few days later uh, when we captured somewhere in the neighborhood of about 100 Germans and killed 70 of them when they were trying to flee from, from the Ardennes. And we're like, Haha, no, bitch, you die right here. Uh, and they were all executed with Thompsons. So, um, but that's not the one we came here to talk about. <laughs> okay. When we came here to talk about is Operation Husky. And we're going to hop in the Wayback Machine from where we just were a little over a year. Operation Husky kicks off July 9th, 1943, when General George Goddamn Patton, heading up the charge, he's all fired up. He's ready for a fight. Most of his guys aren't, because a lot of them are pretty fucking green. They've never seen combat. Um, They're about to head into Sicily. Okay. 
pretty hot in Sicily in, <laughs> in 1943. Yeah. Um, here's a quote from one of Patton's subordinates, a, a guy by the name of Colonel Forrest Cookson. Quote, if the enemy continued to resist after U.S. troops had come within 200 yards of their defensive position, surrender of those enemies should not be accepted. He was not in a great mood when he found out he had to go to Italy. I guess not. I was having fun in the desert chasing Rommel because, like, I had respect for him and I have no fucking respect for these guys. Um, But we're going to go visit the beautiful Italian countryside anyway. Why not? It's just where my orders take me. I don't want to deal with that fucking fascist bastard, that fat fuck Mussolini. That big-nosed fucker. <laughs> no, he's not empowered by now, but fuck him. Still. <laughs> so, when troops from the 180th Infantry Regiment were given the task of capturing Biscari Airfield and uh, and linking up with the U.S. 1st Infantry Division, the, the big red one, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were some motherfuckers. Yep. They did some awesome stuff. The 180th struggled in the first two days of the invasion, and the division commander, M.G. Troy Middleton, uh, he considered shutting down everything and getting rid of the regimental commander in general. He's like, this, this mission is fucked. Whoever came up with this needs to lose his job because this is, gonna, this is not a good thing to do. It's not going to work. July 14th, the men of the 180th were they're tired, they're pissed off. Um, Sergeant Horace West was tasked with, uh, with securing a group of some 45 Italian and three German POWs. Prisoners are stripped, were stripped of their shoes and shirts. Um, this was, this was to keep them from escaping. I mean, it's July in Italy. You probably don't need a shirt and shoes on. It's probably fucking gorgeous. Probably. Let's be real. Sicily. Right. So West and a few others then marched the prisoners about a mile from the lines. Um, and then they, uh. They grab eight or nine of them from uh, <laughs> from the group for questioning. Sergeant West then, um, see, here's the thing. He was kind of forgetful. He dragged these guys out there to go talk to him, and he forgot his talking stick. And you can't speak unless you have the talking stick. Uh-huh. So he borrowed somebody else's talking stick. Uh-huh. Just so happened to be a Thompson submachine gun. Oh. Um, the, well. and, the, and the man who had the talking stick before that was first Sergeant Haskell Brown, which Haskell is a fucking great name. That's some old-timey, like, West Virginia coal miner name right there, and I love it. Um, when the first sergeant asked why he wanted the Thompson, West replied, uh, quote, I'm going to kill these sons of bitches. <laughs> sergeant West directed his men to turn away, and he just fucking unloaded on these dudes. Full auto, changed magazines, fired more, changed magazines, fired more. This isn't a 22. This is a 45 ACP. Yeah. It's like getting shot with a fist. Yeah. A bunch of times. Yeah. Um, but he made sure his guys were turned away. So it didn't happen. Right. You didn't see nothing. It's not a war crime if there's no witnesses. Exactly. They were watching these guys play fucking bocce across the field or something. Yep. Um, uh, they didn't see nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's crazy. They uh, like, oh, shit. Somebody got us cotton candy. And they're just oh, like picking up. Go, oh, what the hell happened? Just, I don't know. It's crazy. I sneezed <laughs> a bunch. Um, huh. So. They all fell down and they're bleeding. So here's the thing. They must have fell down and got boom. Is he didn't kill them all right then and there. Um, uh, well, some of them were just injured. Oh, well. So. You can't have that. Because we have to be efficient and save ammunition, he switches to semi-automatic and uh, walks through the line and shoots them each in the chest once to kill them, make sure they're I dead. Mean, I mean... 
that's, that's, that's anything. That's everything, but you know, it's efficiency. The I mean, uh, to to the highest. Yeah, standard, exactly. You can't. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm showing my accuracy. Yes. By making sure, and I'm also being proficient exactly. with my weapon. Exactly. And I'm not leaving survivors that may or may not and have been unarmed. Showing, uh, you're showing compassion. Yeah. By putting them out of their misery. Yeah, even though you caused it in the first place. <laughs> wow. I mean, well, whatever. Um, I mean, no one saw that. So the following day, the regimental chaplain, of all people, discovered the 37 bodies and alerted his superiors. What happened? Oh, no. <laughs> Man, it must have been. I don't know. It's real hot out here. They just fell over. They're sleeping. <laughs> they passed out. Uh, Captain John Compton, commander of C Company, 1st Battalion, 180th Infantry Regiment, was strung out. Like, he's he has not slept in days. Um, they've gotten their fucking asses handed to him recently. Um, and by the time Compton got to his objective at the Biscari Airfield, there were they are already taking pretty heavy casualties. Of the thirty-four men in his set in his uh in his second platoon, a dozen were either dead or severely wounded. So he's he's at half capacity here, basically. Mm-hmm. Italian snipers are firing at, at him, wounding Americans. Um, these guys are shooting fucking medics. So you're going to have a bad time when you start shooting medics. Yeah. Um, so the pressures of all of this shit, especially the sniper activity, are really, really getting to him and his guys. And when Compton's company finally seized their objective, they took 35 Italian prisoners. These guys were located in a, like a dug-in like fighting position, like a, like a big-ass foxhole kind of, um, from which the sniper has been shooting at them. Several of the Italians were in civilian clothing when they were captured. Uh, through an interpreter, an American squad leader named uh, Sergeant uh, Sergeant Hare, sorry, um, he asked the Italians if they were the ones that had been shooting at the American guys that had been wounded. Um, the Italians refused to answer, so Sergeant Hare reported all uh, reported all all of this to his platoon leader, uh, First Lieutenant Banks who then kind of passed it on to Compton. He's like, you know, I don't know what we do here. And Compton just goes, well, get them shot. <laughs> exact quote, get them shot. Ah. Yeah. <clears throat> He's had enough of their shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Captain Compton in tow, his men formed an 11-man firing squad, lined up the unarmed Italian soldiers, and gunned them down. A few of the POWs attempted to run. Um, when the dust cleared, Compton's men had killed all of them. Try like you want. Run. You're going to die. <laughs> You're going to die tired. You're going to die by getting shot in the back. Yeah, sucks to be you. Um, news like this is not easy to cover, um, especially when you're in a war zone. It's not easy to, to pretend this didn't happen. Um, Valentine's Day Massacre Part 2. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> I mean, they were Italian. <laughs> Mm, yeah why not we'll go with it um so eventually word gets back to general omar bradley um who was also not a man to fuck with he didn't give two fucks and he got all up in Patton's shit about it and he's like what the fuck is going on here and Um, and and Patton was like listen settle down so remember down motherfucker so Patton wrote in his war diary 
which I mean, I hate Bradley. <laughs> Omar was like a total dick today. She yelled at me real, real loud. Oh, it's it's even better. Quote, I told Bradley that it was probably an exaggeration, but in any case, to tell the officers to uh, to certify that the dead men were snipers or had attempted to escape or something as it would as it would make a uh, as it would make a stink to the press and also would make the civilians mad. Anyhow, they're dead. So nothing can be done about that. (laughs) Patton, don't give a fuck. He basically (laughs) said to, uh, to Bradley, listen, we'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I got this. Don't worry about it. We'll make it look like an accident. They slipped, fell in the fucking shower, and they died. And they, so, fell, they fell on a fucking Thompson. So what can you do? Patton was later informed that the 45th Division's Inspector General found, quote, no provocation on the part of the prisoners that had been slaughtered. Surprise! Upon further inspection, Patton purportedly said, oh, try the bastards. <laughs> like, dude, Patton is a fucking animal. Like... It's no, it's no wonder he died the way he did because he was crazy. They're dead, sir. You know, he had the spear of destiny and stuff on him, and he wrecked his jeep and died. But he's he's like, he's like, put him on fucking trial. I don't give a shit. They're dead. Yeah, put him on trial anyway. Yeah, fuck him. We can't, we can't shoot him again. They're already dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sergeant Horace West, um, he admitted to the killings, but claimed that a combination of fatigue and uh, Patton's ambitious orders were mitigated circumstances. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was tired and I misunderstood what he had said uh-huh. where he told us if we get within 200 yards not to let him surrender, we should just kill him anyway. So uh-huh. we were definitely within 200 yards when I mowed them down with fucking Thompson <laughs> in a field somewhere. Yeah. You know. See, I, I heard something about yeah. do something with something and I was like, oh, kill him. I took him out to the spaghetti trees and I was like, look at the flowers yeah. and fucking... <laughs> I mean, you know, things happen. Sauce. Fucking hand crank that Thompson and fucking let her rip. Whatever. Um, it happens. So he was convicted in of premeditated murder and uh, by a court martial and sentenced to life in prison. Eisenhower, ever eager to avoid any unnecessary scandal, remitted his sentence on November 24th, 1944. Uh, West was restored to active duty and served in combat until the end of the war. He received an honorable discharge and lived out his days in Oklahoma. Well, homeboy got away with it all the way. Yeah. Um, he died in 1974, which conveniently is the same year that that German prick died. I wonder if <gasps> Italian Mossad killed him. The <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. fucking ravioli squad came in and killed yep. him. Ah, um, oh, rigatoni, get him. <laughs> suffocated him with <laughs> get the fucking ricotta and just pour it in his throat um get the raviolis put them over his head <laughs> captain john compton was court-martialed over the deaths of the 36 prisoners under his charge um used a similar defense particularly relying on uh, on Patton's directives regarding prisoners um he was acquitted on october 23rd 1944 he was a better you know Liar. Yeah, he's like, hey man, I I, I was literally just following orders. I, I did that the will thing. that will never not uh, that nobody else will ever use the excuse that I was just following orders when they committed a war crime. I he's the hipster of it. I I did it first. I did it before it's cool. Uh, exactly. And then a bunch of Nazis did it and they got hung. Fuck okay, him. First off, a um, they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
That's what they said. Yeah. I was following orders. I don't speak English, so but, we're going to have to. Yeah, there was, there's a barrier here. I mean, but I don't. No order follow. Yeah. Geneva Convention, Geneva Suggestion. <laughs> yes. Um, so he was then transferred to the 179th Infantry Regiment. Two weeks after that, he was killed in action fighting in Italy. <laughs> so he made it through Sicily, committed a war crime on the way, uh-huh. and then died in Italy proper. Like, Somebody got him with a fucking sp- spigot. Yeah. Like, what the crap? <laughs> There's a fucking Capicola sniper. <laughs> <laughs> they shot a goddamn salami at him. Uh, even though that's that's something we came up with. Salami's not even Italian. You gotta watch out yeah. for that though. Fucking pastrami foot traps and all that. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we'll stop picking Christ. on Italians fucking for now. Rigatoni coming out for of now. Nowhere. We'll stop picking on Italians because uh, you're gonna get it. The fucking cannoli come flying. Let's not bring the cannoli into this. <laughs> you and I both like cannoli. Okay? I know. I know. I know. But you know, no one expects the cannoli. Yeah, that's true. So you know, everybody always talks about all the Germans that left here to go back and fight in World War II, like for the Germans. How many fucking Italians did that, you think? Uh, I don't think it was as many, because, like, the Italians, when they got here, they they integrated, like, hard. Well, they like, left for, like, a real good reason. Right. But like I said, when they once they got here, they they integrated like a motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah. like oh, you guys got baseball? Fuck yeah, let's do this. Fucking you know, right. Boxing? Yeah, that's a poor people's sport. We can do that too. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> you know. Oh, you want a fucking mob? I mean, crime? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you want? You want a family? <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of them. <laughs> you want a new food? We'll get that for you. Well, no, you guys are just gonna make shit. We're gonna claim it. It's like. Most Italian food, like what we call Italian food, is not a fucking Italian. <laughs> yeah, like chicken carbonara and shit like that. We that, that that's all American. I mean, yeah. I know. chicken parmesan. That's us too. It is, yeah. but I'm saying you know the spaghetti and you know. Yeah, they don't do it the same ways we do though. What? It's your car door shut. I thought. Hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's uh. That is literally every American war crime from World War II. I didn't skip any or anything. Um, <laughs> he skipped. A I might couple. have skipped a couple because he was like, "I fucking fuck Kevin." But listen, one of them I couldn't really do because we only helped the British do it. Uh, so you do half of it. No, well, you can't cover half of the bombing yes, of Dresden. You yes, no, you can. Not that one. Like you can. Too. It was a joint effort. We helped. Still can do half. They sent more planes than us. That's true. But, but uh, I mean, we, we probably did better. Uh, if there's one thing we've excelled listen, at over the course of the last hundred years, it's bombing other countries. fucking right. <laughs> because they were like, oh, Jolly Rod. Oh, Cherry Ho. Oh, woo. No. Oh, no. I missed. <laughs> we're like, f- some dude just fucking drinking beer and smoking cigarettes with the windows open in his plane and he's just fucking kicking bombs out listening to Johnny Cash or something. Drop that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you guys are good at it, but we're better at it. We are. You know. We perfected it. We did. We are I mean, real good at bombing other countries. You may have started war. We just made it yeah. better. You guys started World War II. We finished it. Well, I'm saying they started all the wars. Oh, well. You know, they were the... <laughs> They were they, they were the bat they were thought they were the Dunkirk Schmunkirk whatever <laughs> you guys fucking started the whole thing we know it yeah fuck you it's like history can get fucked we know the truth it's like listen we kicked your ass a couple times yeah we'll, we'll do be- it again we'll better we're better at war <laughs> we finish things 
okay, we're not going to talk about fucking... See, okay, there's certain histories of, of us that don't exist, like Germany. You know, World, uh, 1940, the certain years. Oh, no, that definitely exists for us. Certain years, yes. It that exists, was the fucking glory days, man. <laughs> it exists for us, but for them, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, we have certain years like that, too. 1960-something. Hold on. To... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back a little bit, too, because there was like a whole bunch of the 1800s we don't want to talk about. Boy, and some of the war. 1700s we don't want to talk okay, about. Okay, first off, that's not war. That's just like, some of in the 1800s was. <laughs> We're not talking about that war. They were killing Indians. Like, that was kind of war. They fought back, so therefore it's war. <laughs> Listen. But goddamn, they don't get enough credit. Okay, first Fuck, off. Fuck, they fought hey, hard, man. It's hey, not hard enough. We had to have a little bit of... Um, uh, it was practice war. Yes, <laughs> you have. It to was have, a warm up. You have to have, you know, inner squad practice. Yeah. Then Mexico was a warm up war for the Civil War. That was all that, of those guys that fought each other in the was, Civil War fought with each other okay. in the Mexican American War. First off, we called that a friendly because it was you know us versus them. We were friendly I, about it. I don't think it was friendly. We stole Texas, Shh. so it was friendly. Which I mean, you guys can totally have California back if you Listen, want it. I'm telling you, it was a friendly. We had. In, in this, in the French Indian War and all the other stuff, just that, fight all you want. That was, uh, that was all I'm saying is you guys can have California. And you know the Cowboys Indians thing. That was just us, you know, doing inner squad. Because I mean, the the Mexican folks in California seem pretty fucking chill. Not gonna lie. Whatever. Give it back to them. It's fine. It's fine. We'll we keep Texas. Have... I mean, nobody wants fucking New Mexico. Listen, no, no, no. <laughs> Texas, Texas. No, no. We have to have to keep. That's Texas. what I'm saying. We they're not having Texas that back. Took themselves. Fair and square. Arizona is like whatever. Split it. Who cares? New Mexico should just be a, a a wasteland. That's 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 where you go to Mad Max stuff is New Mexico because there's nothing else there. Of course, yeah. old Mexico's fine. Just get rid of your cartels. Don't tell them I said that. But they're not nice guys. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're just we're we're pretty fucking good. Our number one export is war crimes now. So, and I guess money to other people that are committing war crimes in Ukraine. Of course. Um, yeah. That's how we do. Yeah. I mean, we export war, import drugs. That's true. You know? And then we sell those drugs and blame it on, black, on brown people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, Oh, man, the CIA is something else. And now we're exporting money back out. Yeah. Yeah, because we're laundering money for the U.S. government to Ukraine. Yeah. That's how it works. You 10% know, and, to the big and, guy. In Afghanistan, we imported drugs. So here's the thing. That That's my question. We're going to send all this money to Ukraine. Why didn't we just, like... I don't know, not send the money, and if we're trying to help them fight a war, we could have just gone back to Afghanistan and gotten all the shit we left there and give it to them, you know? Listen. Or you could have not been dicks and, like, distributed it evenly amongst the people of see, the United see, States. Okay, first off, let's, let's talk about this. I, I don't need an M4, but if you guys want to give me all that fucking, all that M80, M80, well, you know. Hold on, let's go back to I the, want the green tips. Let's go back to the Afghanistan. Hook a brother up. Let's go back to Afghanistan, Stop. Okay. I mean, maybe not. <laughs> See, first off, that stuff is tainted already. Okay, it's it's got Afghan blood on it. Yeah, and 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 you know, I still love Taliban Black Hawk Down. That might be the best video I've ever seen. It, it's it's got you know their their cooties, so we can't take that back. <laughs> They're desert lice all over. Yeah, it. I mean, we can't take. that Well, we don't need the uniforms. Like, I mean, you give me, whatever you're gonna give me like boxes of ammo and. I'm fine with that. A couple I grenades. Mean, claymores. Oh, <laughs> shit. Some claymores. <clears throat> I can make some shit happen with claymores. I mean, they could just give me all the money that they need. They, you know, like, I don't know, enough money, like a million plus of that money. 
I'd be fine with it. Tell you what, you give me a million dollars and you'll never hear from me again. I'll stop slandering you guys. Like if I wake up and there's a pallet of cash on my front porch, no. you'll never see me see, again. See, my problem is I would be giving them back fifty thousand. No, plus. no, no, no. Because if they give it to you on a pallet, it's tax free. No, but I'd be giving them back that much because of student loans. Fuck student so, loans. You have a million dollars. You can you can just not exist anymore. No, I would <clears throat> I would pay that off. So I'd be like, listen. I the point of getting off the grid is to get off the fucking grid. So I would technically. Pay everything in cash. I would technically have to have $2 million so I can have a little You're extra. You're being fucking greedy. <laughs> being fucking greedy. Okay. I got a kid, man, and I only want a mil. All right, a million and a half. Because I'll just. Because a mil won't get you very far these days. It'll get me a. A fucking couple acres out in the woods to put a house on, and get okay. you know, and get solar panels and shit set up, so I never have to speak to other people, except for you guys because you pay me, so you're you're great. <laughs> I mean, I you mean, have to have good internet and stuff like that. I make that happen. I mean, we could do that. Make that happen, but I ain't, I ain't fucking working anymore. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, you have to work. <clears throat> yeah, a million dollars goes to go very far. I mean, you, you buy, dude. Honestly, by the time you got done with a, a million dollars. You'd have nothing left. I don't need anything, though. That's the thing. You're, okay. First off, A, your wife would want to buy stuff. She's My wife is cheap. Yeah, but she'd want to still buy stuff for the boy. That's fine. I'm all about buying shit for my kid, but I'm not giving the government any more money. I'm just telling you. You're Ruby fucking... Ridge me. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I will take your ass out. You fucking thought you, they had a rough... There, fuck you. Well, no, they just killed a man's wife and one of his kids and his dog. But, you know, they're the good guys. They're fine. We had to cover that at some point, too. <sighs> yeah, we got to do Ruby Ridge. But if we do Ruby Ridge, we also have to co- have to do Waco. Then if we do those two, oh, boy, if we do those two, we got to do OKC. <sighs> oh, that could get weird. Yeah, because they're all linked. They are. They are all linked. Matter of fact, one of the fucking, one of the ATF agents, one of the ATF agents that was involved at Waco was also the sniper that shot the, the guy's wife in fucking Ruby Ridge. And he, Ruby Ridge before Waco? No, Ruby Ridge was after Waco. Okay. Um, but he had to change his name and shit because he was getting death threats from a bunch of people. Well, that's what happens. Like, you fucking shot a man's wife in the you back sh- while she was sh- holding a baby? Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're a scumbag, you're dude. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway. I gotta go to bed. Me too, because I, I gotta get up at, almost yeah, at fucking 6 a.m. <sighs> anyway. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week with more Patreon shit. I don't know what it is because it's Kevin's turn. But... We'll figure it out. It'd be probably something dumb. It will be. Yeah. Always dumb. And he farted. Bye-bye, fuckfaces.